Welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here uh, on this Friday, the 20th of June, uh, just to check in with you, as I like to do every Friday. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thanks very much to those who listened to the Damien Eccles episode. Jam, it was incredible to speak with someone who, you know, not only was in a part of the West Memphis Three, a story that was you know, humongous um, for anybody my age or, you know, a few years either side of my age, but also to speak to someone who managed to survive an extraordinary, extraordinary mental challenge and got out the other side and discovered ways to get out the other side. Um, it's a cracking listen if you haven't gone back um, and, and checked it out. Uh, welcome if you're brand new to the show. Nice to have you here. I'm Osher. I, I work on TV. I, at the moment, like to buy and sell things on Gumtree. I'll tell you about that in a moment because I'm going through my garage and um, uh, write a, I, wrote bo- I wrote a book and I make TV and I make this podcast. Each Monday, I have a guest and each Friday, I just have a chat. And here we are. It's Friday. Having a chat. I hope you're good. A uh, big thank you to everybody that rated and reviewed the show on iTunes. That really, really, really helps the show. There are two massive things you can do to help the show. If you like this show, the best thing you can do is let someone else know and show them how to download a podcast app and show them how to get the show on their phone. That's it. Um, there's a shitload of episodes to listen to. I'm sure that you'll find something that they're interested in. Um, that's the very best thing you can do for us. The second best thing you can do for us is to go onto the iTunes store if you're on that kind of phone or that operating system and rate and review and subscribe to the show in iTunes. It really, really helps us. And to inspire you to do so, um, I'm going to read a few ratings out. Craggy has written uh, a fabulous review here. Thanks, man. Great insight into what it means to be human. There's so much more to Osher than Red Roses and reality TV. What I love about his podcast is the way he allows me to understand and empathize more keenly with people who sometimes have different views to me, enabling me to gain clear insight into the human condition. Osher's honesty and real-life experience, along with his likable and winsome nature, ensures his guests open up and listeners like me are left captivated. If only I could listen to one podcast each week. No, yeah, if I could only listen to one podcast each week, it would be this one. Oh, thank you, Craggy. That is a really, really lovely, lovely thing to say. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Perfectly challenging. 
uh, from the Queen of Fakeville. This podcast is the exact mix of thought-provoking and comforting. As someone who's coming to terms with my own mental health, it's refreshing to be reminded I'm not alone, but also to be pushed just that little bit to do work on myself and not give up. Thank you, Osha. Thank you, Queen of Fakeville. That sounds like a lovely place. And Lee has written a lovely review here. My partner got me listening to Osher's podcast. I don't know much about Osher apart from his appearances on some big TV shows that I don't really have a lot of interest in, but I was amazed at his story and his outlook on life. Osher's podcast can be challenging, uplifting, informative, motivational, and funny, often in the one episode. Thanks for the shows. And thank you. That's really bloody lovely that you wrote those things. And um, I'm super grateful because that is exactly what I try to do with the show. Exactly those things. Try to have conversations that will hopefully make you feel safe enough that you can explore ideas that you may not have thought about before or ideas that might be uh, converse to yours and just kind of understand that indeed we're all in this together. Just trying to help you all make this a bit better than yesterday. That's it. Just try to make today a bit better than yesterday. And thanks as well for the podsy pics, which are really fabulous. That's just sending a photograph of what you're looking at right now, sending it to me. Uh, send us your email at gmail.com is my email address. And uh, this week, thanks to you, I found out that my voice on this podcast redirects TomTime voice command navigation systems. Sorry about that if you've gone in a different direction because of me. Uh, Tashara sent a great picture of the Calder Highway in Victoria. And Anita is listening from Whale Beach in Sydney. Oh, what a glorious vista if ever there was one. Send me your podsy pics. Uh, send us your email at gmail.com. So, to check in with you this week. Look, in case you're asking, yes, I did go to a meeting. If you were here last week, yeah, I talked about it. And yes, it was really good. I forgot how easy they are to find. How they're just down the road and how at home I feel when I'm there. And I guess when I guess when all the shit was going on with my mental health, between the work that my psychiatrist was giving me and the work that my psychologist was giving me and the work that I was doing for my own mentor that looks after me, go- going to meetings all the time was just, I guess it was just too much noise. Might not have been the right thing to do, but it's what I did. Um, so I backed away. However, a few things happened this week that made me realize it's high bloody time I got back in there. I was telling someone today, he asked me, do I still go to meetings? And I said, yeah, well, you don't keep a six-pack if you don't keep going to the gym. And I said that as well to just kind of remind myself, I guess. Because it's not just physical sobriety that's important. I'm talking about meetings that people go to when they want to stay sober. You can do the maths. It's not just physical sobriety that's important. It's emotional sobriety too. That's really where the rubber meets the road. It's one thing to stop drinking and using. It's another thing to live the rest of your life dealing with the same kind of shit that you used to drink and use to get away from. You just have to find other ways to deal with it. Living life on life's terms, as they say. And this week I did notice I had been backsliding a bit. Some of the old ways of being, some of the old defects of character were first glinting, flickering, and then roaring back to life. It took me by surprise, to be honest. Noticing that I was getting irritable, my patience running thin, moments of wanting to dominate situations were popping up. It feels icky in my body when it happens. I can't stand it. But I know that when I go to meetings and I I work my program, I have a chance to transform out of those patterns of behavior. It takes work. You've got to do it every day. It sucks, but you've got to do it, and it works. 
And I did actually, I got a stark reminder about how much change is indeed possible if I do this work and when, I should say, when I do this work. Because as you know, baby's coming. Um, we don't, baby no name, baby G, baby. What's the Fijian word for the sea after a storm, honey? Can we call him that? Yeah, there is no word, in case you're wondering. Um, so baby's coming. Now, what that means is I need to empty out the office up in our apartment because the office in our apartment is becoming the baby room. But to enter the office, I need to find places to put all the stuff that's in my office. And that place is going to be in the garage. But the garage is still full of stuff. So I need to empty the stuff out of the garage to empty the stuff out of the office to make sure there's space for the stuff for the baby room. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm in the garage the other day. I'm going through some boxes and I'm... Oh. I'm opening up things that are still taped up from when I moved back from the US a couple of years back. Marie Kondo, right? You know, going through shit. Does this spark joy? If not, do I say thank you to it? Thanks, bye. Bin. Recycling bin. So I'm there and I'm with Audrey um, opening this box. And it's a box I've not opened since I moved back, possibly since I packed up after, you know, after when, I, you know, when you get divorced, in case you've ever been divorced, you don't know this, but if, when you get divorced, you pack up all your shit and you leave in boxes. Now, I hadn't opened this box since then, so who knows what's in there. It's a bit scary, not going to lie. Anyway, I opened it up and it's a bunch of old interview notebooks. Um, I used a particular kind of notebook when I did all the interviews I used to, when I used to work on radio. Um, I particularly liked a moleskin notebook. Um so there's a bunch of old interview notebooks. I would, I would make notes on, on one side and then I would write all my questions on the other side. And there's just stacks and stacks of them. I've got them. All the people I've interviewed over the years, I've still got them all. So it was a bunch of them, which is great. And uh, particularly from a time in my life when I was um, jetting back and forth to Europe a lot, doing um, a bunch of interviews. And in amongst all these notebooks were calling cards. Now, if you've ever been to London or if you're in London right now, or if you've never been to London... You would not know this, but you're aware that there are the red telephone boxes in London, right? People don't use phone boxes anymore, but in the time before mobile phones, you needed to use a phone every now and again. And so there's these red phone boxes. It's a telephone inside it. And inside the phone box in London, they're still there. So I asked them on the other day if they're still there. They said yes. Um, there's all these little cards, and they're the cards uh, of numbers to call if you are looking for a sex worker. And there's often, you know, quite pornographic pictures on them. One girl, two girls, people covering themselves up, you know, barely wearing anything. And the phone numbers have lots of 69s in them and stuff like that. And I've got all these cards. Um, now, bear in mind, I've, I have never um, used or the services of a sex worker. Uh, it's just not my thing. It's not my thing. Um, if that's your thing, great. If you are a sex worker, great. Happy for all of you. But it's it's never been my thing. And but I was just, I was fascinated with the culture of it. I was fascinated with, you know, who would be in these photos, who would take these photos, who would print these cards, who goes around and puts them on the phone booths, who calls up the phone company and says, "Can I get a number with lots of 69s in them?" I'm just fascinated with all this stuff. But I didn't have one. I didn't have three. I had 50, like a deck of cards of these things. Because I used to, like, again, I used to be fascinated with that kind of thing. I was, I bought books about erotic photography because, yeah, if it's got a hardcover, it's not porn, right? Yeah, right. Because if, if you've read my book or you came along to one of the live shows, you know that porn 
And that kind of thing was one of the things in my life. It wasn't just drinking. And I was just obsessed with it. Um, some days I was just singularly focused on it. I couldn't do anything but look at porn. And, you know, I'm not the only person in the world that's been like that. But it's just something I just I just don't do it at all now. Anyway, I'm sitting there looking at Audrey and she's looking at me, you know, my wife who's a couple of weeks away from giving birth to our son and I'm holding all these cards in my hand and I just said to her, I I do not recognize at all the man that collected these things. This person's a stranger to me. I I just I just didn't relate at all to what kind of person would go from phone booth to phone booth picking up these cards, stuffing them to his camera bag. Like I said, it, it was a, this guy's a stranger. I don't know who he is. He's not even the kind of guy I'd want to hang out with. I did not know who he was. And I had to think really hard, no pun intended, I had to think really hard about what it was to be him. And I'm, I got to say to Audrey and I got to you know, have this moment with Audrey of realisation of just like, isn't that fascinating? Like, how at one point in your life you can be so completely like this is the most important thing in the world and, and these courses of action seem completely rational and I, of course I will do this. And then another point in your life you're like, who did that? Who was that? Why would someone do such a thing? And that's the gift that we have as people. That's the gift that we have as humans, as far as I'm concerned, that we can change. We can be different. We can be so different to how we are now. Our life can be unrecognisable to how it is right now. Given time, given effort, and given willingness to be different, we can change course. Now, trust me, it works either way. We can change course so much that one day we'll find ourselves in a place that's now home, completely normal, and new normal, in fact. And we'll look back at what was home and what was normal and not even remember how or why or what possessed us to be there in the first place. That is the gift that we are given as people. But we do need to work at it. And even if I have an icky feeling in my tummy at the moment from time to time, I know that if I do the work, I'll one day not recognise the person who's being a bit of a prick at the moment every now and again. So what does the work look like for you? Who's helping you with it? Who's guiding you with it? Who are you looking to for guidance? When it comes to guidance, I should say, we do have, as you know, a baby coming. Um, I know that I know nothing. So we're off to a birthing course uh, this week, which I'm real excited about. And someone who's big on that kind of thing, on, on education around childbirth, is Lucy Bloom, who is my guest on Monday. She's an extraordinary woman. Uh, she's an author. She's a CEO. Uh, she's a midwife. And she's helped men all over Australia be the best they can be in the moment when their kids are born, be the best person for their partners and be the best person for their kids. She's super inspirational. I can't wait for you to hear the chat. Um, I hope you have a great weekend. Until Monday when we speak next, sleep well and dream of beautiful things.